Welcome to the Between Two Birds podcast. I'm your host, Cody Colston. And I am Connor Garcia. And welcome to the show. We're sorry for the, the month-long hiatus. We had, uh, there was a little vacation, and then we were having some issues. We wanted to get some guests on the show, and it didn't kind of fell through. And it was just a whole bunch of hullabaloo. That's a bad word. I, I don't like that word. It's... I don't like that word at all. I haven't heard that word in like a really long time. I don't know why I said it. That was a, that was a bad word. Um, but yeah, we're back, um, and we're going to hopefully get back to our weekly schedule, hopefully. Um, but before we get to the show, we got something special to announce. Do you know what that is, Connor? You're going to tell me either way. <laughs> so. uh, me and Connor are going to be, as B2B, we're going to be on um, Birdland Radio. Um, you can check it out at birdlandradio.com. Um, and it's basically a bunch of other podcasts and sports sites getting together. And we're going to do, it's going to be a, a, like a big thing before opening day. Um, uh, and we're going to uh, basically talk before opening day and we're going to raise money for charity. It's uh, We're going to be giving money to, uh, I believe, a men's shelter in Baltimore. I think that's going to be the goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but... We have a promo that uh, that the wonderful guys at Section 336 who orchestrated all this um, have a wonderful promo. So I'm going to play that real quick uh, before we go any further. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get ready, Baltimore, for the biggest Orioles podcast in the year. This April, Birdland is going to explode. When the Baltimore's best podcast and blogs combine for one epic event, it's breaking action all day. Featuring Bird's Eye View, Camden Chat, Section 336, Utah Street Report, Oh the Anthem, Between Two Birds, Backwards K, The OBP Podcast, Perched at the Yard, and Barstool DMV. Watch and listen as they all broadcast under one roof. Birdlandradio.com is the way to get ready for opening day. Sunday, April 3rd. Join us and be part of the action. So you heard it, folks. Sunday, April 3rd. We're all going to be getting together. I believe our time slot is like 6 o'clock at night, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Yep, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, yeah. Me and Connor will be there. I think it's going to be a video feed uh, as well. I'm not quite sure on on that yet, so... Um, stay posted. Uh, there's a Twitter feed. I think it's at Birdland Radio. Um, Section 336 is all organizing this, like I said. Um, and our good fellow members of the BSR Network, uh, Bird's Eye View, are going to be there, Jake and Scott. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to I want, I want want to raise some money for charity. I want to do something good for once. Because <laughs> we're such horrible people. Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, that's all that. That's one of the announcements I wanted to get out of the way. And, oh, in case you haven't noticed, B2B has a new logo. Ooh. 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 
Uh, it's growing on me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie there. But uh, there's a bunch of variations. I put it on the Twitter. Um, if you guys follow there, be sure to follow there at between two birds at between two birds. The letter two. Um, the, the the letter two. Uh, <laughs> the number two. Um, I put all the variations up there, and I changed the profile pic already. I'm a big fan of it. Um, one of my college uh, friends, uh, Heather Van Gilder, she made it. Um, you can check her work out at heathervangilder.com. She's did a great job, in my opinion, and uh, big thumbs up to her for it. Do a very, very good job. Very good job, yes. Very good, very good, yes. But... Um, yeah, those are all the announcements we got. Um, so let's move right on into the uh, the news for once. <laughs> let's, di- let's dive on in. <laughs> let's dab on in. Well, let's dive in. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that song has a different meaning, but uh, I don't even know what you were singing. You don't know that song? What? Oh, I'm about to dive in. Oh, are you it's... are you singing? Uh, what is that, a THC? I have no idea. Don't go chasing waterfalls. No. <laughs> Stick to the rivers and something, something. Something, something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as many might have uh, heard what's going out of the the White Sox clubhouse, uh, you want you want to give the rundown, Connor, or should I? Um, you can. Uh, it's always me. Um, so from what I understand, Adam LaRoche, um, walked away from $13 million, uh, from the White Sox because supposedly one of the things, uh, I don't know if it was in his contract or it was like a verbal agreement with, uh, management, the front office of the White Sox, but basically is that his son had to be, be allowed in the clubhouse into the park with him, um, basically whenever, and, uh, the GM stepped in this year. One, the, they, they did it all last year, and he stepped. The GM stepped in this year and said, "Okay, you need to, you need to cut it back a little bit." And Adam Lerch said, "No, this is what we agreed to," and he said, "Fine, he's not allowed to come to the park at all." And then Adam Lerch said, "Fine, I quit." That's how I heard it. And at first, I was on board with it. Um, the I was on I was on Adam Lerch's side. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty dumb. That the front office would agree to that then back out and it sounds like they're just trying to get um laroche to uh, get him to give up that 13 million so he's off the books that's what it sounds like to me it sounded to me like the white Sox realized that having a 14 year old boy around all the time was getting annoying and they wanted him gone well the front office not the clubhouse the clubhouse was in staunch support i mean chris sale supposedly went off on, was it Ken Williams as the GM? He went off on Williams, and then Adam Eaton um, went out, and this is where it jumps the shark for me. He called Drake LaRoche, Adam LaRoche's son, a leader in the clubhouse. How bad is your clubhouse to where a 14-year-old can take charge? Yeah, it's it's a little weird. And supposedly from what everyone was saying is that he was he was there every day. He was like taking he was like a part member of the team. He was taking batting practice. You know, he was ta- doing fielding drills and all that stuff. And it wasn't like just like, you know, and after everyone's done, it was like doing it while the guys who are getting paid to do it were doing it. And I can I see where the issue is with that. 
And I also see it as a little bit disrespectful to um, the minor leaguers in the White Sox system is that, you know, these, you know, 25-year-olds trying to, you know, get a shot in the big leagues and there's this 14-year-old, you know, doing the day-to-day stuff with the actual 25-man roster. It's a little bit insulting. I get where that I, – I, you got to see where that comes in. Um, but – it's it was just it's just a little weird because I feel like kind of both parties are in the wrong on this. I don't think the White Sox should allowed that to begin with, and I can understand where, see where they, or well, I don't think LaRoche should have allowed that to begin with, in my opinion, because that's kind of a distraction for the team. But then again, the front office does look kind of screwy by letting that ha- by you know stopping it when that was in the agreement. I don't know. It's a very, very odd situation. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that ever again. <laughs> um, this is baseball, Connor. Uh, I, I think we're going to see it again. <laughs> I, I think we're, we'll probably see something similar. but it's I, just... I just don't get like the schooling uh, for Drake LaRoche, how he was homeschooled. They said he was homeschooled, but he would... Um, he was homeschooled on the road. Like, he had a tutor with him when baseball season was in. But once the season ended, he went back home to an actual school. And he was given tests while on the road or when he came back that, you know, said that, you know, he learned everything he needed to learn or whatever. How it goes. Uh, that's where you lose me. I mean. I mean, you can you can do that stuff when you have, you know like 35 million in the bank or however much LaRoche has made over his career. Yeah, that's true. I just, it is weird. It's not, it's not optimal. I will say that. I don't know. I don't know. Who are we to comment on the education of a 14 year old? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't even think I wanted to be educated at 14, so I can see why he takes him on the road with him to play professional, well, not play professional baseball, but hang around the team. And don't quote me on this, but I think there was a quote out there was floating around there that I think it was either, I think it was Adam LaRoche, because he did, I th- apparently he did that with the Nationals too. Like, he's done this everywhere he's gone, like, as long yeah. as he had his son. And, you know, LaRoche was quoted as saying that he's, he's surprised for how long he was able to get away with it, which to me sounds strange if you're going to retire over it. You know. Don't you don't be like hell while well, I got away with it for so long, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. A, a little bit weird to me. That he that's that's him admitting that he understands like this isn't normal and I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And then when you know someone steps in and says, "Hey, you shouldn't do that," well, I'm gonna retire. It's just it seems it's a weird situation, like you said. I just don't get it. I like that. That's the big story of spring training, <laughs> and not and not something else. It's where it's a more of a distraction, and I'm glad that it's a team that I don't care about, like the White Sox. Yeah, like, I mean, like like the White Sox are pretty much an afterthought to me. They're the they're the second best team in. Well, I wouldn't even say that because they got the Blackhawks. They're like the third best team in Chicago. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, how shitty are the Bears right now? <laughs> Uh, the Bears are, they, I feel like they're wild card contenders, uh, if you could put it like that. So probably the fourth best team in Chicago, actually. actually well, fifth, the Bulls. Uh, well, how good are the Bulls? They're in a playoff spot right now. Okay, well, well no, that's not fair, because everyone in the, like, half the league gets a playoff spot. Well, they have D. Rose. Who is injured every other month. Well, 
when he's healthy, he's good. I don't know. I don't like the Bulls, so they they can <laughs> they can fuck off. So. Uh. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, the other news is just, it was kind of surprising to me. Alex Rodriguez, yes, that Alex Rodriguez, announced that he's retiring once his contract is up in 2017 or after 2017. Surprising or not surprising? Not surprising. How come? Um, he's old. <laughs> like, like very old. Uh, he's going to be 40 this year. Really? 39. Yeah. Time time definitely flies. Well, he's been in the league like 20 years because he came up when he was really young. He came he up when like, he was 18. He got two $100 million contracts. He'll be 41 in July. Yeah, he got two, four, uh, two $100 million contracts. I don't think anyone else has ever gotten that. Bryce Harper might be the, you know, if he continues what he did, he's like the only one who's got a shot, in my opinion, getting two. Yeah. He's yeah. how young he is. Yeah. I feel like if Trout didn't sign his most recent deal with the Angels, he would be in that. But I feel like he's more humble in the sense that he wants to stick with one team right. and maybe take like less of a pay cut. All right, take steroids out of the equation. I know you're. It's steroids are like don't really care for you. Where would you rank Alex Rodriguez all time? All time. Yeah. Oof. Um. You don't have to give a specific number, say top 10, top 5, top whatever. In the top 15. Top 15. Ooh, I feel like that's that's a big... Who are some notables you put up above him? Uh, Bonds, Aaron, uh, DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Clemente. Here, let me pull up... You can give your opinion, and let me pull up Baseball Reference all-time war. Um, I'm going to say he's top eight. Top eight? Top eight, yeah. I would put like guys like Bonds, Ruth. Um, if we're just talking about player, not like what they did for the game or anything like that, just straight-up performance on the field. Yeah, I'd put like Bonds... Um, Bonds, Ruth, Aaron, Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn. Um, other names escape me, but I think he's up there. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think. I think people discredit what he did, because he was. He was the. He was the. I would argue he was the first phenom behind maybe like Griffey. Yeah, and they were on the same team at one time. Yeah, which was crazy to think. On baseball references, all. Time career war leaders, A Rod 16th. 16th. And he'll probably pass uh, Pete Alexander and Ted Williams before he retires, he, he, which would put him 13th or 14th. Yeah. But I'm saying, me personally, I'd put him, I'd put him top eight. I think because I never, I never got to watch young Alex Rodriguez, but from what I understand, you know, he was an above average defender at shortstop. And he had power. Like, there were talks about him breaking. Um, the home run record at one point, like if he, yeah, um, he's at like six seventy right now, I think. Yeah, he would need like another hundred, wouldn't he? He's at six eighty seven. He'll get to seven hundred home runs. You think he will? 
Yeah, easily. He can hit. I mean, he hit 19, or he hit 33 last year. Okay. So. Wait, he hit 33 home runs last year? Yeah. Damn, that doesn't, it that doesn't seem like he got credit for that. No. Well, it's because. He was a DH. Yeah, he was a DH. He came 28th in MVP voting. <laughs> but he was um he was number one hundred on the MLB Network's top one hundred players right now list. Number one hundred. Yeah, on it's, like players currently playing. It just feels weird because like ten years ago he would be number one. Yeah. Well, no, um, like two years ago he would have been like not even on the list. He wasn't playing that well. Yeah, and they. I he was I out still, a whole season for suspension and injury. Yeah. Um. It's just so weird to think. Like, he was a very consistent player when he was with the Rangers, um, like, playing-wise, not missing a lot of games due to injury. When he came to New York, he started to lose it, I think. And Well, that's when age started to catch up with him, because New York was the back end of his career, believe it or not, because he spent only, what, like, eight years there? Eight, eight years where? New York? Yeah. He's been in New York. He's been there 11 years. 11 years, okay. It's still the back end of his career. I mean, because he had his best. He probably had his like. He had his younger days in Seattle and New York and um, Texas. Texas, yeah. Yeah, because he was. Um, it doesn't show his age, of course. Cause it's really annoying. I st- th- this I find hilarious. In a one sixty two uh, season average, his his average home run number is forty one. That's just that's just absurd to me. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's and that's like you know playing every day, playing a tough position on short and shortstop and third base. Yeah, I still kind of wish they the Yankees kept him as moved kept him as short and moved Jeter to third. I feel like it would have helped Jeter age better and A Rod's career. Not... Are you saying you want Jeter to play longer? Well. <laughs> from a from a fan's perspective, yes, but as an Orioles fan, as an Orioles fan, yes, because he started to suck after 2012. <laughs> so yes, he can come back and play whenever he wants. I'll happily take him over um, Starlin Castro starting for the Yankees. Right. But as a baseball fan, I respect what Arod's done. He's obviously one of the best to ever play the game. He's one of the most notable players to ever play the game. Oh yeah, he's he's. You know, he's famous for, I mean, I don't know, is, do you think he's, I think he's more infamous than famous right now. Well, yeah, he, well, think about this. He's on a team that the majority of fan bases hate, the Yankees. He's their most notable player, maybe outside of Jeter, for the last 10 years or whatever. Um, he's had all the steroids shit that's happened, and he basically, um, was the villain, but now he's kind of like moved towards being a nicer person. Like he broadcasted during, he didn't broadcast, but he was part of like the pregame and postgame shows during the world series. And he is really like articulate in how he speaks. He's really smart about baseball. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you don't play 20 years without, you know, understanding the game. Oh, of course. I mean, I think he'll, he's got a career in commentating once he retires, if he wants to do it. I don't know if he does because even the Mets fans were booing him when he was, calling the post-game shows at the World Series, which which is kind of annoying. It's like, dude, he's not even playing. Let, leave him alone. Right, right. Hmm. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I wonder if he gets a farewell tour. 
No, uh, no, I don't think he does. <laughs> Ortiz, if does Ortiz, Ortiz gets one, Arod has to get one. I, yeah, hands are butts about it. If I don't think Ortiz is gonna get one, but if he does, Arod's got to get one. If people around the league like Ortiz, like the pl- people in the players union, they all get along with him. Of course, they're always like, "Yeah, I love Big Coffee. He's always a nice guy." They always joke with him before games and stuff. He, it seems like a lot of his issues stem from the league office and the media. Yeah, the media won't push his farewell tour like they did Jeter and uh, Rivera, but the fans will want it. I like to see David Ortiz hit home runs, specifically not in Camden Yards or off of Orioles pitchers, but he he's entertaining to watch. Right. I still kind of hope the Orioles pull it pull a move and give him the broken bullpen phone from 2013 <laughs> okay that would okay that's the only way i would endorse a david ortiz farewell tour if the orioles did that if they if they like got, got the broken phone and they like gold they like did gold plating or like fake gold plating or whatever and gave it to him that's the only way i would endorse it only way if the orioles do that i'll never not support them ever they'll <laughs> I'll sell my soul to them if they do that, because that would just be amazing to me. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. I would... Just, I like, would... imagine the headlines. Orioles give Ortiz phone he broke three years ago. It'd be so great. If that... I swear to God, if that happens. It has to happen, though. It has to. It somebody has to. somebody get uh, Peter Andrews on the phone. Connor, you used to work for the Orioles. I didn't have his phone number. <laughs> Are you sure? You don't have it lying around somewhere? Nope. <laughs> I would know. Uh, he would have gotten a couple calls from me right about now. <laughs> DFA Nolan Reimold. Start record. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, going from old to young. This is a little old news, but I wanted to touch on it real quick. Um, Bryce Harper made some comments about the quote-unquote unwritten rules of baseball. And uh, I'm going to read it verbatim just to air it out there. He said... Baseball, baseball's tired. It's a tired sport because you can't express yourself. You can't do what people in other sports do. I'm not saying baseball is, you know, boring or anything like that, but it's excitement of the young guys who are coming into the game now who have flair. If that's Matt Harvey, Harvey or Jacob DeGrom or Manny Machado or Jock Peterson or Andrew McCutcheon or Yasiel Puig, there's so many guys in the game now who, who are so much fun. Jose Fernandez is a great example. Jose Fernandez will strike you out and stare you down into the dugout and pump his fist. And if you hit a homer and pimp it, he doesn't care because you got him. That's part of the game. It's not it's not the old feeling, hurrah, if you pimp a homer, I'm going to hit you right in the teeth. No, it's, if a guy pimps a homer for a game-winning shot, I mean, sorry. If a guy pumps his fist at me on the mound, I'm going to go, yeah, you got me. Good for you. Hopefully I get you next time. That's what makes the game fun. You want kids to play the game, right? What are kids playing these days? Uh, football, bas- football, and basketball. Look at the look at those players: Steph Curry, LeBron James. It's exciting to see those players in the sports. Cam Newton. I love the way Cam Newton goes about it. He smiles. He laughs. It's the flair, the dramatic. Um, I agree with him. I feel like there's it's baseball is a very conservative sport when it comes to stuff like that. Um. The see my theory is is that if you look back and you look at like I guess well, I guess it would be like the seventies and maybe the eighties you got all these guys with flair like you know you got the Ozzy Smiths doing the backflips you got these handlebar mustaches that look really weird like the the 
sprawly fingers and all that jazz. You got these players with a certain flair about them that do the kind of their own thing. And then you look at like the nineties and the early two thousands, you get like this conservative like backlash towards it. Cause it's just, you get more players just like kind of keeping their head down. And there wasn't that, I don't feel like there was that many, um, that many like flashy players in the nineties and two thousands. I mean, you had the home run hitters, but did they really have a flair about them? Like the older guys did. I don't really think so. No, you never saw like Barry Bonds bat flip. Or... Yeah, you never see him pimp a homer, or you see. I mean, you had like the like the the handshakes and stuff. That's where those got where that's when that's got big, like the special handshakes and like the elbow bumping. But that's not really. I don't really consider that like a flair. And no. now I feel like baseball now with all these younger guys coming in, it's kind of a reaction to the conservatism of back then, and just and they're just kind of doing their own thing. So I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see this more and more, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the thing. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be a lot more pimping homers and uh, and stuff like that. Well, you see, Cody, if it wasn't for these damn millennials feeling so <laughs> in, feeling so entitled all the time, they would realize that baseball is a serious sport, and that if you hit a home run, you put your head down and run around the bases as fast as you can, so that the pitcher's feelings don't get hurt. Because who the hell wants to play baseball for fun? I mean, I get it. I get the idea behind that. But at the same, like, I don't understand why they get people like the pitchers get pissed off about it. They fucking got you. Okay. If you don't want them to do that, don't give up a fucking home run. Yeah. Don't. I like that. It's all the shitty pitchers that get mad. Yeah. Like, or it's guys like Brian McCann. Yeah. Like, I still love watching the Brian McCann of. Carlos Gomez video from like three years ago. He, Brian McCann was mad for no reason. Like the Braves already had won the division, I feel like, or they were like way ahead of the Nationals. Uh, the Brewers weren't even in a playoff race. So why are you getting mad at Carlos Gomez? He hit a home run in like the first inning. Right. It was the first inning. <laughs> or um, when uh, it was earlier that year, Gomez pimped uh, what he thought was a home run in Pittsburgh and it like fell short of the wall and McCutcheon missed it and he only got a triple and um, he like jogged down the first baseline then he saw it fell and he started the sprint and Garrett Cole got mad enough for pimping it when if he had sprinted the whole way he would have had an inside the park home run right so my whole thing with it is uh, if we could like do images I would put up the old man yells at cloud screen cap from the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. It's, but he makes a good point. Like it's, that's the thing now, like kids want to play the sport where they can, you know, show off like football and basketball. Those are sports where you can, like, if you do good, it's, you're allowed to show off. You're allowed to do a little dance or something or like, you know, yell, do whatever, or anything like that. You can't like, there's this stigma that, you know, you're not supposed to do that in baseball, but I don't know. It's if, if, if that keeps on going, if that stigma, you know, kind of stays in place and like this, um, renaissance of the, the guys getting excited over things like the bat flips and stuff, if that dies down, I like baseball is going to be in a tough spot. Cause you're not going to have the youth playing it like they used to. No. And you already see. Like, most people, when I was growing up, they're like, oh, baseball's so boring. Why do you want to play that? Or why do you play? Because I play Little League. 
They're like, well, baseball is boring. I was like, well, I try to have fun with it because it's a sport. It's meant to be fun. I don't take um, life lessons away from Little League games or anything like that because I'm here to have fun. My real life stuff is I do this to get away from my real life stuff like school or whatever. So I don't see that argument as being valid. And when I'm just going to go back to a memory I have, we, um, I was in like seventh grade and we were, um, at this little league tournament and my team was playing a doubleheader. And if you won the second game, you won the whole thing because it was tied up after the first game. So we played the second and we won. So, uh, I was the winning run, so I ran home, like, my hands in the air, and we were all jumping at home plate. We were celebrating, and my coach came over and goes, guys, this isn't right. How do you think the other team feels? And I just wanted to say at that moment, I don't care. I'm the winner. They're the loser. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, you're winning, you should be allowed to celebrate. There's a reason that, like, they, you know, they celebrate after a walk-off. I mean, why is that permitted, but pimping a home run is not? Yeah, or... I, I still love Sergio, uh, Sergio Romo, the, the reliever for the Giants. He didn't like Harper's comments, and everyone posted the pictures of him celebrating after strikeouts. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just dumb. Like I said, it's all the crappy players, like Sergio, <laughs> like Sergio Romo. And well, he was actually pretty good at one point, but yeah, your point stands. He was, de- he was decent at one point. Um, also... This goes back to comments last year made by Bud Norris. I don't know if any of you know what he said because he wasn't with the Orioles when he said him. he was with the Padres. Thank God, because um, they were awful. He basically was like calling out the Latin players and saying they're coming to our country, making making money in our country or something. They should respect our way, our cultures or whatever. And I just thought, please, please stop talking. That's the guy who grabbed his crotch after striking a guy out. Yes literally grab like w- walking away grabs his crotch looking right at um whoever was at second base because he struck out mike trout i think and he looked and he did that and then he walked towards the dugout and another guy uh mr jonathan papelbon doesn't like it even though he got ejected from a game and grabbed his crotch towards an umpire so i think they're all full of shit yeah like they're hypocrites i mean there's no other way about it and it's funny, like you said, it's, it's a, normally a lot of it's pitchers saying this stuff. It's not batters, yeah. it's pitchers. I wonder who, you know, who gets pimped the most, you know, pitchers. You know, pitchers are, gonna, are the guys you're gonna get, who are getting pimped. Like, um, a big argument in this goes back to the Toronto-Texas uh, Toronto, ALDS when Bautista hit the big home run in Game 5. And everyone's saying that's not right right there. They should act like they've been there before. Well, they haven't. The Blue Jays hadn't been in the playoffs in like 20 years. Jose Bautista had never played in a playoff game. He was one of the longest droughts of any player in the playoffs, him and Carnacion. And um, before that, it was like Nick Marcakis and Brian Roberts. So the act like you've been there before argument is a horrible one, especially for a team like the Blue Jays who hadn't been there before. And it was a home run in a late game, or late inning of a game that was an elimination game. Yeah. So I can, especially after what happened in the, like ever, that whole seventh inning with the Blue Blue Jays and the Rangers, where um, the Blue Jays got screwed out of a bunch of calls and then the fans were throwing stuff on the field, to 
have um, Bautista hit that home run after and like fling the bat, I was watching. I was just like, yes. And I knew right then he was going to get so much hate for it. And like, part of me was like, why? Uh, like, uh, he's annoying because I'm an Orioles fan. But then the baseball fan in me was like, okay, that is probably one of the most awesome playoff moments I've seen. Right. And like I was saying earlier, like if, by that logic, you shouldn't celebrate, you know, walk-offs. Like, every team celebrates a walk-off. Every team celebrates clinching. Every team celebrates, you know, winning the Divisional Series or the Championship Series or the, you know, the World Series. You shouldn't celebrate that. That's disrespectful. You know, by yeah. that logic, I think it's just, it's dumb. It's all dumb. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 it's a generational clash. I don't... It really is. Um, especially... When those guys watch, like you, like you said, Ozzy Smith, the Raleigh Fingers, and all these guys that celebrated him were flay, and were like f- showed flail, um, and then of Flair. course you got flair. Connor doesn't know English, <laughs> um, but and then even like an Orioles example, is it Don Stanhouse that dyed his hair orange? Is that his name? Uh, I don't know. The guy that had the big puffy hair and he dyed it orange. And he dyed his, like, mustache orange, I think. Like, that's flair, whether you want to believe it or not. And if anyone on the Orioles did that today, another team would be like, well, that's disrespectful to the game. Uh, I also love the quote, disrespectful to the game, because baseball has feelings. Well, I mean, if you want to get technical like that, but, I mean, what they're trying to say is that, like, they don't feel like that's the way the game should be played. But, I mean... I feel like that's a, you know, that, that might be a legitimate gripe in other circumstances, but this is, like, 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 the only time that would apply is, like, if one guy's philosophy was, instead of intentional walking, intentionally walking people, he beans them. Like, that's not the way the game should be played. Yeah. That's, that's, like, a legitimate gripe. That's when you can say sentences like that. Or when a guy just, you know, gets pissed off and beans a guy. Like, that's not the way the game gets played. That's a legitimate gripe. I don't feel like this, the, the you know, keeping your head down and being all, you know, st- uh, you know, that stuff. I don't feel like that's a legitimate gripe. That's, you don't get to say that for that situation in life. It's, it shows the people who are really boring and don't have any, fr- <laughs> don't have any friends. <laughs> I feel like mostly it's. Like you, like we've said, pitchers, and it's usually the crappy ones. So, and with Harper, I'm an Orioles fan. I don't really like to watch the Nats. I think they're annoying as a team and a fan base. But Bryce Harper is one of the most entertaining players to watch in baseball. Yeah, and the reason is because he's got um, pizzazz. That's a terrible word. Um, well- I, he's got he's got that thing about it that makes you want to watch him because he's fun. Yeah, I I will rag on him for like that stuff too, but I it's just because I hate the Nationals and I, you know, I don't like Bryce Harper as a Nationals player as a baseball player. I enjoy watching him, but I I, would, I, I will rag on him because he is a National. I but wouldn't not, go. Sorry, I wouldn't go out and like hang out with Bryce Harper. I would watch <laughs> him play baseball. That's all. I would say hey, what's up? But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't hang out. With yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I th- I think we I think we've dwelled on this topic a little too long. Um. I just wanted to say we we wanted to. I think we our our feelings have been kind of summed up. Um. We're gonna move on to some Oriole news now. If that's all right with you, Connor. 
Who are the Orioles? <laughs> um, the first big piece of news coming out of spring training is uh, Kevin Gossman is going to be shut down, and it's unlikely that he's going to be there for the first week of the season. Um, he had something with his shoulder. He got a cortisone shot. The Orioles, I think, officially said like two to three days, but then initially, but then all the writers were saying two to three weeks. And then he came out himself, I said, and I think he said that he, he doesn't think he's going to be ready for um, opening day. Um, the good news is that Buck doesn't really normally use a fifth starter until like the end of the, of the end of April. So um, it's probably going to be easy just to plug him into the rotation once it gets to that point. Yeah, and Buck likes to work his rotation in weird ways at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so, so. that's the kind of bright side, but uh, it's kind of shit that he's going to be um, missing opening day. The the young quote-unquote ace he's supposed to be. Um, yeah, he was my projected opening day starter. So Yeah, so you're wrong right now. <laughs> like always... I don't think wrong. it's official yet that he's going to miss open day, but that's like like all signs point to him missing. Yeah, day. every all, and like he has it set up to where Tillman would be able to get five days rest before his last spring training start before opening day. Right. So I feel like it's going to be Tillman again. More than likely. Whoop whoop de do. Long as not Ubaldo. No, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious because if it could be a total another shit show on opening day and that like people are gonna leave by the fifth inning. Like they did last year. <laughs> oh, I right. didn't I didn't pay seven hundred dollars for this. This is the only Oro game I go to all year. Are you kidding me? I go to this and bobblehead day. <laughs> and then I complain that I can't get playoff tickets. How how crazy would have you would you have looked saying that you know like six years ago? They'd probably be like playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. Playoffs. I hope, playoffs. I just hope we can win a series. <laughs> hope we can win a series. I went Mickey Mouse there for a second, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty. When you when your when your main editor works in Disney World. Oh yeah! <laughs> Shout out to Zach Wilt. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it just kind of sucks that he's going to be missing all that time, and uh, it's just, it's, it's just kind of, I don't think he's going to, it's just, it just, that's just compounds on the fact that I don't feel like Gosman's ever going to live up to that, you know, he's supposed to be an ace hype, um, but I don't know, it's weird. It's, it sucks, because he was our best starter this spring, and yeah, he's, was he the best starter this spring? I feel like he was. It was. It's like between uh, him... Six innings pitched in 4.5 ERA. Well, he when he was on TV, he looked decent. Uh, well, he had a whip of one, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. To have a whip of one in ERA of 4.5. But... Who, who was our best starter? Was it Tyler Wilson? Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. I just have Gosman's spring training stats. Jeez. Okay, well, I'll pull it up, and you can say one more thing about Gosman. If you, if you can. Um... <laughs> He has nice hair. Um, uh, he doesn't have glasses anymore. He got yeah, LASIK surgery. The the glasses that like he could have trademarked that look, but I mean, you know, I guess whatever makes him a better pitcher because I guess he plays baseball or something. The only two pitchers they have listed on MLB's app for ERA is Mike Wright and Miguel Gonzalez, and Mike Wright has a five point four seven four 
and Miguel Gonzalez has a 12.56. Oh, my God. Because uh, uh, it doesn't account for every pitcher, which is kind of dumb. Yeah. Whatever. And Mike Wright's probably pitched the most, so he's going to be on all the numbers. Oh, well, yeah. This It's it's disappointing, but uh, I guess oh. we're just going to... That's the Orioles way. Just it's the new Oriole way. Um, do you want to talk about for the rotation for a couple minutes, or do you want to move right on to uh, Kim? Um, we can talk about the rotation. I'll, I'll try not to cry. But... <laughs> what what's your uh, what's your rotation for the season? Uh, who's I'll gonna go, have I'll... the most starts? Like, not who you think's gonna finish it or end it. Who do you think's gonna have the most starts? Most starts, Gallardo. Gallardo. Yeah. Like, top, who's, who's your top five most starts? Gallardo, Tillman, Gosman, Ubaldo. God. The fifth one is the hardest. Uh, please, no. Um, my my head says Gonzalez, but my heart says Tyler Wilson or Mike Wright. I, I think Mike Wright's going to be confined to the bullpen. I don't think he's going to win uh, a starting position because he's he does he can't go long, and I feel like I feel like he's always. It's like by the third inning he starts to struggle, and he's out by the fifth. And yeah, you're bringing in McFarland. So yeah. exactly. I think. Um, maybe Wilson. Who knows? Maybe Vance Worley. Oh God, that's super oh, depre- That's super depressing. Too. <laughs> that's really depressing. Oh, um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with. I'm. I think it's gonna be. I. I agree with all that, and I feel like Gonzalez is gonna be the last starter. I think by the end of the season, though, I think it's gonna be. I think Wilson's gonna take that spot. Honestly, that's what I feel like. I think. I think Gonzalez is gonna have the most starts there. But I feel like at the by the end of the season, Tyler Wilson's gonna have that fifth um, rotation spot down. So yeah, it's it's not it's not a good rotation on paper at all. No, I I think this might be the year that this might be Gonzalez's last year. I feel like if he doesn't put it together, no, no. it's gonna be it's gonna be the last year. Just because I feel like his um, fi his fielder independent pitching is gonna catch up to him. He's been lucky to have great defenses behind him, but I think it's almost over for him. I think this will be his last season as a starter. Um, yeah, he'll be a bullpen guy next year if they yeah, can. And then I don't think he's going to do well there. So there's, it's just. Yeah. It's sad because he's one of the nicest guys on the team. Yeah, like he's he's weird. He gives like the worst interviews. Like I like Gonzalez, but his interviews are shit. Yeah. He doesn't say anything in his interviews. And he just, like, I get that English is probably his second language, but he just stumbles all over himself, and he doesn't really say anything. And it's like, and, well, like, they, they bring him on, like, 105.7 or uh, 1090, and it's just like, why did you get him? He doesn't say anything. Please welcome the only Oriole we were able to get today, Miguel Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for having me. <laughs> but, um, what was I... Going to say, Connor, you're so stupid. Um, Miguel Gonzalez uh, for MVP. Oh yeah, of course. No, he <laughs> gave the, he gave the best interview ever. Adam Jones went up to Pine. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said. I remember you said that live. That's right. Like live mic, right on Masson. Oh shit! And the Gary Thorne just starts busting out laughing. <laughs> I was waiting for one of those players to cuss. Yeah. When they got the pie in the face. I feel like it was going to be either Tommy Hunter or um, 
like Wayne Kirby. Right. Like Wayne Kirby would drop the the MF bomb. <laughs> Be like, Jones, you dumb mother. <laughs> I could, yeah, probably. Speak, um, speaking of Wayne Kirby, I had me and my dad were talking about this when we were watching the last spring training game. Is that I would love to be the opposing first baseman playing the Orioles just to hear what Wayne Kirby says to, <laughs> to his runners, <laughs> or just how he like hounds the first baseman. Probably. Yeah, I love Wayne Kirby. He's awesome. I'm glad. Hmm? I'm glad. We, I'm glad we have Wayne Kirby. He's <laughs> Wayne Kirby the, president. <laughs> Wayne Kirby, yes, Kirby 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Make for our land great again. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Are you gonna do one of those signs this year? I don't know. Um, I thought about it, but I don't want to be associated with that group of Americans. I, I feel like it's hard, to, especially with how everyone views politics these days. Right. I would be like, no, it's a joke. I think Donald Trump is a, you know what? Or it's so polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's not let's not get into that. I don't. This is, this is not political talk twenty four seven. It is if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> this isn't the Young Turks. God damn it. <laughs> Oh no! no. Uh, the Young Turks are so cringeworthy. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm I'm on the left, and I don't even like them. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Uh, Hyunsu Kim, he has a very um, he's a confusing man, and he has a confusing spring training. Um, he was hitless for like the first like what was it like ten games? Twenty eight, like eight or nine. First eight, eight or nine. nine. Yeah, and he's sitting at a crisp 200 average in 40 at-bats. But he's had eight hits in his last seven games. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Fangraphs wrote an article exactly talking about this. And um, they've, like, analyzed what video evidence they have of him. But it's like his he's keeping his contact percentage up. You know, he's fouling a lot of balls off. He's working deep counts. Um, there, he's been kind of unlucky like it went through the you know the, the usual like statistical um rigmarole um that fangraphs does uh but yeah i think he's gonna be fine i think it's just him kind of getting used to the uh the the way that um pitching is because when he's you know he's first coming over he's gonna want to see what um what American pitching looks like, and the American pitchers don't know what he does, so they're just—they're going to try and test him, see what does and doesn't work. Yeah. Um, my only issue, kind of—it's um, not really an issue—is that he crowds the plate hard. Like, if you watch like one of the gifts of him, like he's like right on top of the plate, and uh, that's my only concern about him. I think he's going to do fine. I think he's going to be in probably the leadoff hitter um, for the Orioles. But his spring training has just been really confusing. For it has been. I feel like he's the well, I, I don't words kind of use them. I don't know. I don't know words. Words hard. Uh, he he's like the left fielder. Automatically, I feel like just with his contract and the way he's going to get the first month easy. Like, yeah. he's going to start for the first month just because of what they're paying him. And if he doesn't work after that, then that's when they go to, like, you know, the Arudias and Alvarez's. Or if they're not starting in right field. Or Rickard. Rickard hype train. Um, do you just want to move on to Rickard? Because there's really not much to... Yeah. We think Kim will start, but we, we just need to see how it goes. Because we have no idea what he's going to be like as a player. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, Joey Rickard is like goat, like greatest of all time. Um, he's amazing. He's sitting at a 356 batting average in 50 plate attempts. Um, a plate appearance. It's not plate attempts. What am I saying? Um, but he's like killing it. And it looks like he was a steal as a Rule 5 draft pick. And he could end up being a starter if he's not... Like, he's already a guaranteed fourth outfielder because of, he's a Rule 5 pick. Yeah. But, I mean, he might work his way as a starter just because, just because of how well he's played. I, I want to see what he does in the regular season. But um, he's looked really good so far. Uh, I, I definitely like what I see from him, for sure. I don't know if he has... Does he have the? You've watched more games than I have. Has he? Does he have the arm to play right field? Uh, I haven't seen him throw, but I feel like I don't know what I've heard on his arm. I'm trying to think. I mean, he can play center field, so I would. His main position was center field with the Rays. Yeah, but that just could be just that just could be because of his range. Because, I mean, you can kind of have a weak arm in center field if you can cover a lot of ground. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, he's he's a backup center fielder. That's something the team needed because they didn't have one once David Lowe got TFA'd. Because um, there's not too many outfielders on the roster that can cover as much ground as Jonesy does. Yeah. Um, and... I still love the thing of, well, Nolan Rymel can play center field. Well, I don't want him to. He can, quote, play, quote, center field. Like, Matt Wieters can play center field. Yeah, Matt Wieters, kid, Matt Wieters can pitch. Doesn't mean he's gonna. Matt Wieters can catch, but it doesn't mean he'll probably have a will ever again. <laughs> That's good. R.I.P. Elbow. <laughs> We don't have the the, the, the um, that we didn't talk that skip over is that Weeder's elbow, which is weird. I don't know. That's a this is a weird spring training, and I'm just wondering how the Orioles are going to come out of it um, in the next like six days or whatever. Whenever if they... if nobody dies, I'll be okay. <laughs> that's that's your expectation. Just if the Orioles are all alive. I will be okay with their spring training. Right. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we uh, move on to football? Uh, n- no, I think we covered enough ground to make it <laughs> seem, seem like we know what we're talking about. It seem like we know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, since this is probably going to be me talking to myself for like 20 minutes. <laughs> football. football. Connor's, Connor's favorite. Yeah. So I, I got to talk about this, you know. I love um, <laughs> I love the teams. I love the Houston Oilers. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, in uh, football news, bunch of uh, rule changes came down. Uh, the uh, was I can't remember if it was today, the day of recording, or yesterday, but um, there were nine rule changes. Um, the big ones were that they're f- officially moving the extra point attempt to the 15 yard line. Um, Ooh. yeah. Uh, yeah. Two personal fouls, um, uh, equal an ejection kind of like how they do, um, 
in basketball. Is it basketball? Is it, it's like two was like uh, technicals. Yeah, te- it's like a tech one is an automatic ejection. A tech two, if you get two of those, it's an ejection, and then you get like five fouls or six fouls, and you foul out. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I don't. I just started following basketball closer, so I don't know the full on. I don't. I don't. I don't follow it besides playing like NBA Two K sixteen or whatever. But yeah, I'm in favor of that because there's like too many dumb shits committing um, unsportsmanlike conduct and getting away with it and not getting ejected. Like that helmet to helmet hit between, like what Josh Norman and OBJ were doing. Like yeah, they they should have been both been ejected within like the first quarter of the game. Yeah, yeah. So. It was just so dumb to watch. There's that. Um, they're doing a one-year rule for the next year. The touchbacks are going to come back to the 25, not the 20. That's going to be interesting. I don't know how that's going to get pulled off. but I liked it for the sense that most – I feel like most head injuries happen on kick returns. Because yeah. it's longer distance they're running, and then they, and then they run right at each other. Right. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it's just because kickoffs are like kind of exciting to me, I guess. But – so that's going to change every way, uh, all the ways it gets done. Um, there was a tweet talking about it when they had, they were like talking to a special teams uh, coach. I forget what it said, but it's just going to change a lot of how special teams functions, which is going to be interesting. Um, they officially made chop, bo- chop, blah, 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 chop blocks illegal, fully illegal. Um, chop blocks were already kind of illegal. Uh, it was, they were illegal if the player was already engaged. So you couldn't. So a chop block is basically going for the if you're blocking, say you're an offensive lineman, and you go for a defensive lineman's legs. That was illegal if the player was already engaged, so you couldn't go for their legs when they're already getting blocked. That was illegal. Um, it was legal on run and plays uh, between the tackles, and they just officially uh, made it fully illegal. And it's going to be interesting how that plays out because from what I understand with zone blocking schemes, uh, chop blocks are kind of like the bread and butter for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams adapt. And that includes the Ravens as well because they're a zone blocking scheme. And it's going to be interesting also for Marshall Yanda because I remember um, he, get, he, he was specifically called out by a couple Steelers players a few years ago because he relies heavily on the chop block. I don't know if that's changed over the years, but it's going to be interesting to see how that affects him, considering he's like the probably considered one of the best guard, the best guard in the league. Um, that's that's really all. I mean, those are all the big changes. There's like some things with um, some minor things that they changed, but not really noteworthy. Um, the Ravens had a proposal to expand reviewable plays, but I don't think that got passed. Um, yeah, that that about sums up all the rule changes and uh, what's what's going to be interesting about it. Woo! There you go, Connor. Yeah. Here's I something. Love, I huh? love sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's something you might be able to comment on. Uh, Robert Griffin the third, Bobbert. He got uh he got signed by the Browns. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Time to put another name on the Browns like <laughs> jersey of sadness. 
Um, it's going to be interesting. To see, every all this is interesting. Like you can't make uh, a definite say about this, but um, I think he's going to succeed in Cleveland because uh, Hugh Jackson is widely regarded as the quote unquote QB whisperer. Um, uh, I hey, how you, how you doing, little mama? Let me whisper in here. <laughs> Tell you something that you might like to hear. Where do you see this terrible blocking scheme? Hey, baby. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't help that, you know, the, the Browns lost a, a few good offensive linemen. They lost um, Mitchell Schwartz to the Chiefs, and they lost Alex, Alex Mack to Falcons. Um, they still have John Greco and Joe Thomas, so they kind of have something to build around. But um, from a guy who, for a guy who's had, you know, injury history, it's not good looking good for uh, RG3. I'm rooting, I'm actively rooting for him to do well because I don't think he's that bad of a player, but... Um, and he's fun to watch. That's the big thing with me. I like watching highlights of Robert Griffin III, as long as it doesn't. It's not going to be against the Ravens. Um, he was fun to watch his first year with the Redskins, and it's sad the path his career is taking. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I like. I I gotta kind of applaud him for like not making a big deal about it. Like he's just parting ways with the Redskins. Like it's not like this big thing. Like he's not going to come out into the media and say like they did this and they did that. He's kept his mouth shut head down you know um jay gruden said that you know he was like one of the better one of the best teammates he's ever seen or something along those lines yeah i feel like he's a nice guy but the hype that was surrounding him after his first year was probably enough for brown or for redskins players to say all right this is enough we're not winning why is he getting all the hype yeah it's gonna be a. I'm active. I'm active. I'm actively rooting for RG three as long as uh, when he's not playing the Ravens. But uh, I want to see all the RG three jerseys on clearance in Odell's <laughs> for like two dollars now. <laughs> it's gonna be. Like, I want the. Uh, I want the. Uh, have you seen the, uh, the drunk Cleveland fan with the Johnny shirt? No. Oh, it's just like a. It's like this John. It's like this bigger Cleveland fan with an orange shirt that says Johnny on it, and like he pounds his chest. I want the RG3 version of that. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't need to see the Johnny version. I definitely don't need to see the RG3 version. I f- also, I think it's pretty funny to note that the Redskins' new stadium proposals have a bunch of picture, like a bunch of sketches of dudes in RG3 jerseys. <laughs> and it's from like a Dutch um, architect company, so they probably just Googled the Redskins player. <laughs> he was the first one that showed up. Like, oh, RG3, they have a ton of his jerseys. Just put them on everyone for their stadium design with the moat and the beach right in front of the stadium. Yeah, Dan Snyder's crazy. I like – well, everyone's like, where's that water going to come from, the Potomac? Or are people just going to pee in it all year and that's going to be your uh, – that's going to be your moat? <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Virginia. Um, speaking of signings, there's, there was a bunch of free agent signings that we wanted to get a, um, talk about last week, but there was just been so many that I, we're going to be playing catch up. So I'm just going to talk about these two, which, uh, kind of interest me. Um, Alfred Morris signed with the Cowboys. Now this, Woo. this is interesting for a couple reasons. He was, he was the V back in Washington for like his rookie season and, you know, the seasons after that. Uh, this last season is where he got his um, 
Carrie's cut into by, uh, God, I can't remember the dude's name. Um, it's like Matt something, but he didn't have as many carries, uh, as he did the other seasons. And he's still a good running back in my opinion, Matt, Matt Jones and Chris Jones. Thompson. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So remember people were like, Oh, pick up Matt Jones and fantasy football. And I was like, no, I don't know who he is. Yeah, he, Alfred Morris, besides getting like losing almost 150 carries to Matt Jones and Chris Thompson. They, he still had almost 800 yards rushing. Well, he had 750 yards rushing. That's really great for me. Or, well, really great for him. I think, and behind that great Cowboys offensive line, I think he's going to lead the league in rushing. Like, that's my prediction. I hope that every, the two games the Cowboys play against the Redskins, that uh, Morris just goes off. <laughs> right. And it's, like, wildly – last year it was, like, really wildly inconsistent for him because he would have, like, games where he'd, like – like, he'd have 25 carries, 18 carries, then 6 carries, then 17, then 8 carries. Like, they weren't consistently giving him carries, so he couldn't really get into a groove, I feel like. And uh, I he's, he's just – he's going to tear it up with the Cowboys, I feel like. He's definitely going to – he's going to turn some heads. I, I definitely uh, – I'm I'm definitely ex- I'm kind of excited for that. I'm. They said he's gonna split carries with Darren McFadden, but I. Uh, no. <laughs> I feel that'll probably be the case for the first couple games, but I feel like he's gonna dominate. He's a very north and south runner, and it's just gonna look good. I feel like it's definitely gonna be a good. It, it was a good move by the Cowboys, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out. You don't have any comments, do you, Connor? The Cowboys are a football team from Dallas, Texas. Correct. They they are owned by a maniacal wizard <laughs> of the seventh of the seventeenth century. Who? <laughs> I don't know. Jerry Jones is a maniacal wizard from the seventeenth century. He his dabbles in witchcraft include convincing people that Tony Romo was a good quarterback. Hold on. I will go to bat for Tony Romo. Eh. He alright. He's all right. fantasy good, but... Most fourth quarter comebacks of any quarterback in NFL history. Uh, but that doesn't go with the memes of him. <laughs> God, Cody. But the memes! Think but of the, the memes! Think of the memes, yes. <laughs> Where else would all these... Stupid people put all their Tony Romo memes. They have they have the folder saved in their phone already. What are they going to do? Make fun of another quarterback? No, that's way too hard. <laughs> oh God! All right, moving on to Raven news. Uh, getting a little somber. Um, of course, I probably everyone's already heard about it. Um, Ravens cornerback uh, Trey Walker died. Um, due to uh, head injuries um, after crashing his dirt bike. Um, thoughts go to his family. It was, uh, he was only 23. Uh, he spent one year with the Ravens and he was, uh, I don't know. He was, he was football wise. I mean, let's be real. It's not that big of a blow to the Ravens, but I mean, it was still a life lost. And uh, I feel like at very least uh, we need to address it on the show. Uh, if we're going to cover the Ravens. Um, it was, it, it's sad to hear, I mean, because he's, what, not even, like, three years older than me, 
Um, so it just kind of puts life in perspective. Um, and how many team, how many teammates, you know, um, said something about him, have good things to say about him. How uh, Coach Harbaugh came out and uh, see the thing with the thing with John Harbaugh is that he will absolutely back you if you go out quote unquote play like a raven how he how whatever that definition is i'm not sure and you know try your hardest during practice you know um he will come out and he will support you a hundred percent and i feel like the way that he came out for trey walker proves that you know he was one of harbaugh's guys so it's it's you know it's just kind of sad to see you know i want it was he had a legitimate shot and you know getting uh, a bunch of snaps this year considering how bad the Ravens secondary was and it's just sad to hear um, so yeah there's that <laughs> got a little dark there for a minute but uh, I feel like like I said I feel like it's necessary if we're going to talk Ravens we have to you know say something about that so you know thoughts to his family and friends um, moving on um <laughs> Let's uh, let's try to get let's try to bring the mood back up. Um, so let's let's Ra- talk about how bad the Ravens are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Ravens signed three free agents: uh, Benjamin Watson, tight end; Mike Wallace, wide receiver; Eric Whittle, safety. I talk about this a lot more in depth. I put out an article. Um, I know, surprising, right? An article um, a couple a days ago. A what? <laughs> a couple days ago, going into detail, you know, breaking down these signings. But basically, Benjamin Watson. It was it's it's really weird to make out why they wanted him. Um, I guess it helps that he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. I guess he's a good teammate. That's definitely always that's something you can't quantify in stats. That you know, um, when you when you try to you know look at a signing like that, I I, I bet the Ravens valued that a lot. Um, so he he's a bit of a, a strange signing. I think Mike Wallace is going to be a good signing. Uh, he was very. He, he wasn't very well utilized in Minnesota because he doesn't he didn't have a quarterback that played to his strengths. Um, I talk about that in the article. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, he doesn't get a majority of his yards through the air. It's more yards after the catch. Uh, compare that to Tannehill and, like, Flacco, who get a majority of their yards through the air. And as much as they hate on Mike Wallace for, you know, um, his performance in Miami, he didn't perform bad. He still had, like, over almost eight – he had – at least 800 yards both seasons he was there. It was just that his contract was ridiculous. They were, like, paying him, like, you know, number one, uh, you know, like, one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he's just not that. That's not what um, Mike Wallace is. So I don't think he's – That's it's definitely a good signing for the Ravens, and I think he's going to uh, make an impact. Um, Eric Weddle, I think, is probably one of the best signings the Ravens have ever made, personally. Um uh, but the big thing uh, to determine that is whether or not his age is going to catch up with him, um, whether or not you know the injuries the injuries he had last season are going to linger, or if he's going to get injured more. It's a big question mark to see where that's going to happen. But from what he signed, it was like four years, twenty six billion, I want to say something along those lines. Um, all these signings were really cheap, and I mean they kind of had to be considering the Ravens cap situation, but. That um, they're all good signings just based on that alone, but making heads or tails of them is a different matter. Connor, uh, 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 Connor's uh, making grunting noises. 
Connor broken no football. <laughs> um, Got to talk about it eventually. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, I knew you had to, so I'm not hating. <laughs> um, all right, and one last thing, Ravens wise, we have on the schedule. Uh, the owner Steve Biscotti made uh, some interesting comments regarding the draft. Um, where is it? He, oh yeah, as I said, um, he said, uh, the question was, where are the areas that you'd like to get augmented before the start of the season? Well, and he said, well, I said at the end of the year, corners and pass rushers. Again, I'm a pass rush guy. I talked to you about losing Suggs and that kind of started on the spiral. The images of defense is winning of defense, winning Super Bowls in three weeks after I had my end of the year press conference, we'd see what pressure did. We see what uh, Denver's pressure did to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. We see what pressure did in the Super Bowl. There's a little bit more, but it doesn't really matter. But uh, I think that all but guarantee, like, from what I understand with Biscotti in the drafting process, he's very hands-off. Like, he says things to Ozzie Newsom, but Ozzie Newsom just says, yeah, okay, nods his head. Because he realizes that, <clears throat> you know, there's a reason he pays Ozzie Newsom all this money to uh, draft and develop talent. Um he should listen to him, but there's uh, I definitely feel like that um, with those comments, uh, we're probably the Ravens are probably gonna be looking at a pass rusher. There's uh, they've been linked to Joey Bosa, um, the defensive end from Wake Forest. I believe that just came out in a recent rock mock draft. Personally, I would like them to get Jalen Ramsey if he falls from us, but I don't think he's going to fall that well. He's a safety from I want to say Florida State. But he's been hyped up as potentially being the number one overall pick. So you don't get there without having a good skill set. Um, but uh, the draft is going to be interesting. I don't really, I can't really comment on the draft because I'm not a, a college football guy, so I don't know a lot of these guys' names or their game film. I can only go by what I've uh, seen. So that's that. Is that that though? It, it, it's that that is that that is that okay this is that or that is that you can this go with is where this. it's at you can go with this or you can go with that yeah but this is where it's at is it where it's at though is it though uh, I, i'm not sure <laughs> connor where can we find you on social media you can find me on linkedin uh myspace <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter at connor underscore gercio uh you can find me on BaltimoreSportsReport.com. I wrote words yesterday, and they were published today, Thursday. So go check that out. It's about the Orioles' offense and how it's very homer, home runs uh, centered. So I can tell you that. Well, can you write it in two thousand words, Cody? No. You wrote two thousand words. Yeah, 2,100. Okay, now I'm definitely going to have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can check that out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. You can find try and find me on Instagram and Facebook if you want to. We can be friends. We can go out and get food or something. Uh, there's Con- like Connor, a, should, Connor just wants friends. Yeah, Connor has no friends. Uh, we can meet up and I can teach you sign language. <laughs> um. You can also find me uh, at the bottom of the Potomac River. So, where can we find you, Cody? Uh, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the other underscore Cody. I believe that's where the underscore is. Don't quote me on that. Um, the, the underscore. It. What's the line from uh, Mean Girls? The limit does not exist. I don't know. I haven't seen Mean Girls in so long. What? The the underscore does not exist in Cody's Twitter. Apparently, <laughs> can never find it. It's it's ambiguous. Be sure that's where you can find me. Uh, like you said, you can find me on Facebook if you want as well. I don't really care. Um, but my Facebook's out there. Uh, be sure to follow the uh, show's Twitter feed. That's where you know all official updates. Even though we don't um, update it as much as we should. Uh, yeah, and I wrote something. Like I said earlier, I wrote something on BSR. It's seventeen hundred words. Uh, more of a statistical um, analysis of players uh, for the, what the Ravens offseason so far. Um, that's out there, so you can go read that. Um, apparently people liked it from what I hear, so I don't know. If, if, if I knew more about football, I'd say it's good. But other than that, <laughs> I have no opinion. I think you're a horrible writer. No, I'm kidding. God damn it. <laughs> well... Anyway, I believe that wraps up the show, doesn't it, Connor? Uh, yeah. Yes, fortunately it does. Okay. All right, and remember, we are going to be on Birdland Radio April 3rd. We're going to push that for these next two weeks or however long it's going to be, and yeah. that is going. That promo is going to play us out. So we will see you uh, next week, hopefully. Anything to say, Connor? Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Connor words hard. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get ready, Baltimore, for the biggest Orioles podcast in the year. This April, Birdland is going to explode. When the Baltimore's best podcast and blogs combine for one epic event, it's breaking action all day. Featuring Bird's Eye View, Camden Chat, Section 336, Utah Street Report, Oh, the Anthem, Between Two Birds, Backwards K, The OBP Podcast, Perched at the Yard, and Barstool DMV. Watch and listen as they all broadcast under one roof. BirdlandRadio.com is the way to get ready for opening day. Sunday, April 3rd. Join us and be part of the action.